Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. Be We're in Judges 2, but first, before we get into that, I want to say happy Shavuot. What did he say, something about shoveling oats? No, Shavuot. Happy Shavuot. Today is Sunday, June 9, 2019. We are in the biblical holiday that is known as Shavuot, and it's, which is the Feast of Weeks also. Let's remember, just seven weeks ago, we were celebrating our Passover lamb, Messiah Jesus, uh, during the Passover, which where when the Passover takes place is a group of three biblical holidays that take place uh, in feasts that take place within one week of each other. Then there's one called unleavened bread. It has no yeast in it so that it doesn't rise. Uh, uh, in the Bible, leaven was always a picture of sin. And also we had, where am I? And uh, first fruits, the first fruits to give your first fruits unto the Lord. We are also a kind of first fruits through Jesus Christ. Now, Passover, of course, is when God's judgment passed over those who were under the blood of the lamb on their doorpost. The unleavened bread, it was about getting the unleavened, it was about getting the leaven, the sin out of your life, repentance of sin. And first fruits takes place during the feast of unleavened bread also. And it pictures the resurrection of Messiah Jesus. Because Jesus rose from the dead, like I said, we are a kind of first fruits ourselves. James 1.18 talks about it. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Okay, so that took place seven weeks ago. But now it's time to remember and celebrate those feasts that began in the spring. And the Israelites were to count seven Sabbaths. They were to count seven Sabbaths away from the Passover time, and that's where we are right now. We are now seven Sabbaths, or seven weeks, from those three feasts that happen around Passover, and we have now arrived to the fulfillment of those feasts called Shavuot. And so Leviticus 23 and 15 says, And you shall count for yourselves from the day after the Sabbath, from the day that you brought the sheaf of the wave offering, Seven Sabbaths shall be completed. Count 50 days to the day after the seventh Sabbath. Then you shall offer a new grain offering to the Lord. You shall bring from your dwellings two wave loaves of two-tenths of an ephah. They shall be a fine flour. They shall be baked with leaven. I want you all to notice that. We just did Passover with unleavened bread. Now he's saying, use leaven. Okay? They are the first fruits of the Lord. Okay, what's going on here? <laughs> well, I'm glad you asked. So the children of Israel, they have nothing to do with leaven during the time of the Passover season because Messiah Jesus was our sinless sacrifice who takes away our sins. 
It also reminds us to live a holy life, to be repentant, get the leaven out. That was the unleavened bread. But what's this wave offering here? The Shavuot passage, it mentions a wave offering. A wave offering. It is a symbolic act that the offering was for the Lord. And you wave it. You, you wave this offering. You, you wave it like this. And so these wave loaves it's talking about, wave loaves, it was bread that was an offering. It was this time now we're using leaven, and it was literally waved in the air. So let's say you took two loaves of bread, leavened bread, it was, it, that means it had risen, it's not flat, and you wave it, you, you, you wave it before the Lord. It's like, this, this is my offering to you, Lord. Lord, you know, gosh, we stand in here with our hands and we, we do wave offering too. We, we wave a bit. It's a wave offering. And so these loaves was a bre- of bread was a wave offering way before the Lord. Now, some of y'all may remember, those of you that were here several years ago, Rabbi Ron came and talked to us about, uh, during the Feast of Tabernacles, I believe, and he, he came and gave me a wave offering so I could do it and so people could see it. I'd never done a wave offering before, and uh, it wasn't with bread. It was with, put the picture up, it was, co- it was with a lulav and an etrog. That's what Pastor uh, 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 Rabbi Ron brought me, a lulav and an etrog. The lulav is a long palm-like branch, and it represents the body. And the etrog, it was kind of a citrus-like fruit. It, it was like a big lemon. And if you rough it up real good, it smelled real good. It's like the aroma from, come from my heart. That was kind of the picture. And you hold this lulav and this etrog, and you wave them before the Lord. It was like, Lord, this is yours. My body my heart is yours. And I thought that was fascinating. And so he brought me a lulav and an etrog, and I waved it. And he goes, wave it like this, and then you wave it this way. It's not religious. It's just all directions I go, Lord. I, I, I wave this before you. And man, I kept that lulav and that etrog, and I kept it in my, in my, my man cave study room. But you can't keep it too long because they rot. <laughs> but I liked it while I had it. I wish it could have lasted forever. In Israel, they take wave offerings very seriously over there. And it's like saying, Lord, here, this is yours. This is yours, Lord. This is my first fruits of my harvest. It's for you. And so the wave offering for Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles, is the Lulav and the Etrog. And the Shavuot wave offering is a great prophetic fulfillment we find in these loaves of bread with leaven this time that uh, are to be waved before the Lord at the second first fruits, which is also called the Feast of Weeks, which is Shavuot in Hebrew. And why is it called the Feast of Weeks? Because you got to wait seven weeks after Passover to get there. <laughs> we're seven weeks after Passover. This is the Feast of Weeks. So uh, that's where we're at. Shavuot is probably better known in our new covenant people in most churches around here today. They're calling it Pentecost. So today they're calling it Pentecost. It's the same thing. But why are they calling it Pentecost? Why are they saying Pentecost? Pentecost means 50. If you remember in the passage, it says 50 days. What, seven weeks? After that, pass, after that Sabbath, seven weeks, 50 days. It's, it's, it's seven weeks after Passover. Happy Pentecost, guys. Happy Shavuot. Happy Feast of Weeks. So I want to show you something here about Pentecost, Acts 2 and 1. When the day of Pentecost had finally come, 
They were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house they were sitting. So what's so significant about the day of Pentecost? That's when the Holy Spirit swooped through the land and finally came to indwell the believers of God. John 7.39 speaks about Jesus telling people to come and receive the spiritual drink because up to that time the Spirit had not yet been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified yet. And so Jesus was going to be glorified. He was going to die on the cross and be glorified. Then the Holy Spirit comes in, the Helper, and He came in on the day of Pentecost during Shavuot. How cool is that? Hang on to that. I want to tell you a little bit more about why that bread is suddenly leavened now. But anyway, Jesus wanted these people to come to believe because the day of Pentecost, Shavuot, was coming very soon. He wanted them to receive the Holy Spirit. And so what a picture, all these feasts that give us. God's judgment passing over the top of us, sparing us under the blood of the Lamb. We, we got to get the sin out of our lives. We got to get that leaven out of our lives. And that's depicted with the unleavened bread. And eventually comes a great harvest, a harvest that we get to go out and help with. A harvest. We get to go help spread the gospel to people and harvest new believers in Messiah Jesus. And so now this great day of Shavuot, Pentecost, shows us something that is very beautiful. And it involves those two loaves of bread, those wave loaves of leavened bread. One loaf was made from barley, but the other loaf was made from wheat. Uh, Barley and wheat are different, yet they're both bread. Jews and Gentiles are different, but they're both people. Uh Uh-oh, I see a parallel brewing here. So why are these two loaves leavened? Well, first of all, Jews and Gentiles being different, we have leaven in our lives. That's one of the things. Now, here in the Bible, leaven is the picture of sin. And the reason we have these two different but same loaves leavened is because all have sinned, both Jew and Gentile, all of us fall short of the glory of God. And so there is leaven. We live with a sin nature in our lives. So waving these two different loaves together is to indicate both Jew and Gentile as one in Messiah Jesus. Shavuot is a celebration that the Holy Spirit has come to indwell us all, even though we are still sinful people. The unleavened bread says, live a repentant life. Live a repentant life. But even still, you believe in Jesus Christ. Even though you carry that sin nature in your flesh, He still will come and indwell you. And that's the two different loaves, different but the same, Jew and Gentile, one in Jesus Christ. Isn't that awesome? And so understanding the picture of the wave offering, the wave offering means, here, Lord, I give this to you. You can offer a wave offering today. Whether you are a Jew or a Gentile, even though you've fallen in sin like we all have, you can present yourself as a first fruits offering to the Lord that although we still carry a leavened sin nature in our flesh, the Holy Spirit of God still wants to indwell us, both Jew and Gentile. So let us stand before the Lord saying, Here, Lord, I offer myself to you. I give myself to you. Just like that wave offering demonstrated. Is God not good? Is He not good? God is so good. And He shows us who He is, His character, and the way He loves us through these feasts and these holidays. So, happy Shavuot, guys. (laughs) Happy Pentecost, the 50th 
Feast of the the uh, hello Feast of Weeks. Fifty days. I'll get it. Don't laugh at me too hard. <laughs> anyway, I give myself to you. So give yourself to Jesus. Take me, Jesus. Take me, Jesus. I give this to you. I'm yours. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, thank you, Holy Spirit of God, for indwelling this sinful, wretched man that I am. Only by your grace, Lord Jesus, will you do such a thing. And you know, I got to thinking, a lot of Christians today are recognizing today as Pentecost, which means the 50th. But if I'm thinking 50th, I should be thinking the 50th from what? 50th day from what? So a lot of people are observing Pentecost, but what about Passover? Passover is very important. It's kind of like it's kind of like Passover activates Shavuot because it's it's a, like a prerequisite type of thing. In order to be saved by Jesus, let's think of what Passover and all that meant and the unleavened bread and everything. In order to be saved by Jesus, you first have to re, be repentant of your sin and get under the blood of the Lamb. God was going to get the Israelites out of there in a big hurry. Get out of here fast. That's why there was no time for the bread to rise. But it also meant get the leaven out of your life before you intend on leaving. Before I deliver you, you need to repent and get the leaven out of your life. And so God's judgment passed over those who had the blood of the lamb on their doorpost. Now, likewise for us today, you have got to be repentant of your sin. You've got to be ready to get out quickly. Get out of that life of sin. Don't play around. Leave. Let's go. And get under the blood of Jesus so that God's judgment will pass over you. And only after that, only after that, can you now experience the indwelling of the Holy Spirit together with your own spirit for salvation. Even though you're still a leavened person, carrying a sin nature in your flesh, Passover is Shavuot's activator. You got to have both to experience the fullness. It's kind of like, wow, check out my new cell phone. I've got this awesome new cell phone. And somebody goes, where'd you have it activated? Oh, I didn't have it activated yet. Well, a lot of good it does you if you don't activate it. <laughs> You're going to have a full functionality with a cell phone. Have it activated. Passover, those, those three holidays back then kind of activate. Shavuot. So anyway, that's kind of a significance of that. It, it's exciting when Pentecost hits. But you can't experience the indwelling of the Holy Spirit if you don't get activated first. You've got to get activated. Repent of your sin. Leave your place of bondage and get under the blood of Jesus. That's the activator that says the Holy Spirit can now come in and live inside you. So I want to help you understand the total fulfillment of Shavuot if you've missed Passover because it takes place 50 days, seven weeks after the Feast, the feast of Weeks. So happy Shavuot, the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came to indwell both Jew and Gentile. Aren't you glad God didn't go, no, I picked the Jews, sorry Gentiles, too bad. I'm glad he didn't do that because I'm a Gentile. God says, I included all of you in this, all of you. And it's demonstrated by those two loaves. One's barley, one's wheat. We're going to wave them both. Lord, I'm yours. Isn't that good? So good. So thank you, Lord Jesus. Uh, thank you for coming after all of us. Lord, I give myself to you to the best of my ability. Lord, use me. And Lord, I know sometimes I don't like the way you use me. Help me see your way in it. Thank you, Lord God. Lord, I pray over everyone here that we all come to a decision 
We give ourselves to you. We give ourselves to you. We got to believe in where we were in repentance. Thank you, Lord God, that you would come and indwell like friends breaking bread together at, at dinner in the same house. A sinner like me. Thank you, Father God. I don't deserve it, but I do thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. So as 1 Corinthians 12, 13 says, for by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jew or Gentile. Thank God. <laughs> whether slaves are free and have all been made to drink in, into one spirit. Friends, if the Bible does not excite you, you're not reading it. Anyway, happy Shavuot, everybody, Pentecost. Let's go into Judges 2, and we're going to try to finish up what we're in 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 Judges 2. Israel's disobedience. The Israelites, they didn't kick the enemies out that God told them to eliminate. And as a result of them compromising and mixing in with the enemy, they ultimately started to worship their false gods too. So God said, I will no longer drive them out from before you. They will be thorns in your side, and their gods will be a snare to you. Doesn't sound good at all. Now, this is one of those things where most people think that God is not going to uphold his promises anymore. Well, you messed up. I'm done with you. Bye. Even though God has to execute this kind of judgment on Israel, he still told them, I will never break my covenant with you. And that's very promising to me because I'm going to mess up now and then. But even still, and you will too, don't look at me like that. (laughs) Even though we mess up sometime, God says, you get in covenant with me, I won't break my covenant with you. I'm thankful for that. And so Joshua dies. He's died now. Once he's gone, it's like Israel forgot all about everything God ever did. You ever seen somebody do that? You do all these great things, and as soon as they leave, they forgot all about it. That's what Israel did with God, and they went right back to worshiping Baal. So God handed them over to being plundered by the very enemy that they refused to eliminate. But once Joshua and his leadership team died, that whole generation after them did not know the Lord or anything he had done for them at all. It's like we're starting all over again. Judges 2 and 11, Israel's unfaithfulness. Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals. And they forsook the Lord God of their fathers, who had brought them out of the land of Egypt. And they followed other gods from among the gods of the people who were all around them. And they bowed down to them, and they provoked the Lord to anger. They forsook the Lord and served Baal and the Ashtoreths. And the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel. So he delivered them into the hands of plunderers who despoiled them, and he sold them into the hands of their enemies all around, so that they could no longer stand before their enemies. Wherever they went out, the hand of the Lord was against them. A lot of people don't believe this. Here it is. This is what happens when you forsake the Lord and turn your back on him. And he was against them for calamity, as the Lord had said. And as the Lord had sworn to them, and they were greatly distressed. Okay, well, whose fault is that? Is it God's? Well, who's the one that turned? I'm just, guys, I just, to whoever's hearing me, I'm just, you're you're in sin, you know it's sin, you know it's wrong, but then you look at your life and go, why do I have all these problems? Well, surely it's not the Lord, because the Lord's always behind me. He's always with me. The Lord's always for me. Well, if you turn your back on the Lord there comes a point he's against. Now, why would God do such a thing as that? He's trying to get you to turn back around back to him. 
so that you will put the equation together, two and two. Oh, well, let's see. When I follow God, things work out rather okay. I'm not saying all your problems go away. I'm saying it's a lot more blessed than if you're not walking with Him, big time. God lets us fall to these kind of things like that to teach us a lesson, right? Judges 2 and 16, nevertheless. Oh, I love that. Sin, 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 sin. We're going after other gods, other gods. Nevertheless. (laughs) Wow. That's a powerful word in the Bible. Nevertheless, the Lord raised up judges who delivered them out of the hand of those who plundered them. Oh, good gracious. We don't deserve that, guys. If you're sitting there thinking, well, the Israelites don't deserve that. They're following other gods. Well, do we deserve that? Do we deserve a deliverer in Jesus Christ? No, we don't. Look at how God is. This shows us the love and grace of God. That even after all that, I'm still going to send you judges. That's awesome. Terrible sin. Nevertheless, he's going to save them. Verse 16 says the Lord sent them a judge. He sent them judges to deliver them from their enemy. These judges are their deliverer. Now, the book of Judges has, has been building up. It's building up sin after sin after sin, forsaking God time after time after time, and God's wrath is being provoked. Nevertheless, uh, trying to get us in this picture here. <laughs> Nevertheless, God sends them deliverers. This is the love of God. This is the love of God. When we see people out there that are conducting themselves in a terrible way, and I know a bunch of kind of people types just popped in your head, they're conducting themselves in an ungodly way, and it just burns them up. You're like, look at them. They need to stop that, and it makes you angry. Remember the nevertheless. Nevertheless, God wants to send deliverers. How many times did He send people to talk to you to wake you up? I'll tell you, it's been a good 30 years or so coming after me before I snapped to it. And he sent me one ultimate deliverer, Jesus Christ. But look how Israel is behaving. They're worshiping Baal, which involves a lot of messed up sexual craziness. They are submerged in this mess. And yet God is still going to send them deliverers. Wow. This one verse has given us a summary look of the entire book of Judges. The whole book of Judges looks like this verse right here. Verse 16, if you set it all on its own, it tells us how this whole book is going to go. This is the whole summary. Israel messes up, but the Lord is going to send them judges to deliver them. And it says judges plural. That means he's going to send more than one. Not, well, I sent you one. You didn't listen. Too bad. Judge after judge after judge, deliverer after deliverer to get to the people. God is doing a great work with great patience, and He's giving them many opportunities. He's giving Israel a lot of opportunities to turn. Now, thankfully for us, in eternal matters, it only took one deliverer to save all mankind. One deliverer. But in this man, time, linear time thing, God has to send many judges to span a long period of time, longer than men can live. We have Jesus that took care of that delivery for us. Now, this book is going to demonstrate to us how patient God is towards His people. He was patient with me, and you know He was patient with you. I don't have to convince you of that. You know.
you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.